This is the Third Act Podcast, shining a spotlight on individuals, charities, and small business owners suffering from illness, economic shutdown, or lack of support and funding. Meaningful conversations that generate compassion and financial support from listeners compelled to join us on this journey to improve the lives of others. I'm gonna dance with the stranger. I'm gonna enjoy your show. I'm gonna learn to forgive and really let it go. And most of all, I wanna shine a light on good and look to give back. And that's what I'll do with my third, third act. And now your host, Roger Steed. Welcome, everybody, to the Third Act Podcast. It is my pleasure to have Kimber Bishop Yankee with me today. Kimber, as many in the Third Act community know, is an active advocate for children and seniors that are struggling without food and shelter in Pontiac and throughout Oakland County, Michigan. It has been one of my favorite discoveries since I started my effort to give back. You have been introduced to Kimber in the summer of 2020 through a mutual friend. I always like to recount that the first time I talked to Kimber, I suddenly knew that this person is very unique and will do anything she can at any time of day or night to get stuff done for those that are suffering. Today, Kimber is busy working on many programs and efforts to help others. As we approach the holidays, she is the perfect person to talk about easy and productive ways we can all participate in to help families that need housing, food, and some much-needed love and attention. I'm thrilled to welcome Kimber again to my podcast, and so happy she has the chance to tell us about all the great programs that she's leading. Thank you, Kimber, for coming on. Thank you, Roger. I appreciate the opportunity. As we were talking yesterday about all your great programs, I think it is important to start the discussion with you explaining to our listeners some of the many reasons we continue to have a significant housing issue in Oakland County, Michigan, due in part because of definitions in HUD language that does not allow many children and adults to get the temporary housing that they desperately need. Can you please help describe the situation a little bit to our listeners? Sure. First of all, this is a, a nationwide crisis, the housing shortage. So there's an issue of houses just not being available. That's part of the problem. And because there's a shortage and houses costs have gone up. But what does a high definition of homelessness have to do with this? In order to be considered homeless and receive some of the services that are available to homeless people, you have to be living in a car, on the street, in a shelter, or a hotel paid for by a shelter. So if a church or someone like me wants to pay for a hotel to try to get someone help, they can no longer be considered homeless, and therefore they can no longer get the services to help them. What that does is it really forces people to actually be homeless. So we're not touching them before they fall into this crisis. And then it opens up a hundred other problems because once you hit that rock bottom, you're late for your car payment or you lost your car, you might lose your job because you don't have a stable place. Your kids are not going to do well in school. 
And then with children, the definition of homelessness is different. It's much kinder. You have to be um, either sleeping in a car, shelter, hotel, or you can be doubled up in someone's home to be considered homeless. So children who are considered homeless can get some services through their school um, that um, even if they're doubled up in a home. So in Oakland County, one of the wealthiest counties in the country, right. we have 3,200 children that are considered to be homeless. Right. And that is a charity. Yep, it really is. Can you give a flavor of what some of our focus representatives are doing to kind of help us through this process, help us legislatively? I was at an event and I approached Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence and I explained to her the high definition and what was going on and how it really was hurting people instead of helping them. Yeah. And immediately she said, Kimber, I want to address this. And she had her staff people um, come and see me at that event and then they followed up. So Congresswoman Lawrence has already met with the HUD director personally to talk about this. I think it's a good thing to remind our listeners what the task force is all about. I know that you're quarterbacking it, you're leading it, you've done a great job doing so, but can you just bring our listeners up to speed about what the priorities of the task force are and what you're trying to accomplish through more community involvement from us? Yes, I have three three uh, missions with the task force. One is to identify legislative areas that we can go to our local government and our state government to ask them to make changes. And as a result of the task force, Representative Brenda Carter and Senator Rosemary Bayer, they started a caucus in the House and Senate for the state of Michigan on poverty and homelessness. So they're trying to look at issues that they can address legislatively. Second, it is to educate people, leaders, about the barriers that people in poverty and homelessness face. And the third is to get everyday people involved in the solution. And because of the pandemic actually created a perfect opportunity for this. This is one of the only positives that you know, has come out of this. We have engaged over 600 different community members that have helped us deliver food every week to 150 families, including Furniture Roger. You're one of the, the volunteers who delivered and installed furniture during the pandemic. When the other nonprofits shut down, but we had volunteers like you going into homes, masks, of course, and, and building bunk beds for children who did not have that. So engaging our community and solving the problem is one of our missions. And so for motivated listeners that want to get involved, what should they do? How should they go about getting involved? Yeah, they can uh, reach out to me. My email is Kimber at kidsempowered.com. They can always call me 248-840-9858. We also have a Facebook page, Oakland County Task Force on Poverty and Homelessness. We'll include those contact pieces for both yourself and uh, the task force, of course, uh, with our show notes. 
I know that Representative Brenda Carter is a big fan of yours, as she represents Pontiac, which is one of the uh, communities that is really at the heart of your mission. And I think it's so great, but I want listeners to know that you get calls every single day for people that need help, people that are desperate, people that have been kicked out of shelters, kicked out of hotels, kicked out of apartments. Just give a flavor of your week and stuff that comes through your transom. I think, I think people need to understand the seriousness of the issue. Don't mind. Yeah. So over Labor Day weekend, I actually went out of town for the weekend because I was quite burned out on taking care of all these situations. And I got a message through Facebook from somebody asking to help them with finding housing. So I just responded, asked what the situation was. Turns out they were sleeping in a truck and she had a um, four-month-old baby and two children, uh, six and seven years old and a four-month-old baby. And I knew that I would not be able to go to sleep that well. So I was like, okay, forget time off. I'm just going to book her a hotel, which I did. And, and actually, we have paid for eight weeks of hotel for this family. I then um, found out that the CIRA funds, which is the money the federal government gave out to help people with facing eviction and with homelessness, they were now paying for hotels. And there were three families, including this one, that I was helping, two of which we were paying for their hotels. And they'd all been denied the serifines. So I worked my way around the whole process, trying to, you know, call it every day I could to try to get them the funds, but could not. So I finally uh, found out who was in charge of the whole funding process for the state of Michigan. And I went right to them and immediately let the nonprofits know there's a misunderstanding and you can give these funds to these families. And that took a good three weeks of how we worked at least 20, 30 hours on it. Wow. Um, making phone calls, emailing, trying to get the right person. And if, if you can imagine that I'm completely exhausted from trying to find a organization and supposed to help um can you imagine having not sure where you're going to go that night not sure when you're going to have the next meal and be trying to call these places to get help when most of them just give you 10 more numbers to call and it always becomes a joke because they pass out the same numbers and it's because they're, they're just not getting the response and one of the families that we've been helping is a veteran um, who had, was 14 years in the service. He uh, was a lieutenant. Um, and, yeah, and yesterday was Veterans Day. And um, he's been living in a hotel for over a year. And the hotel just got bought. And they gave the family five days, all the guests in the hotel, five days to get out. So on Sunday, he's has to leave the place and we're frantically trying to figure out where he's going to go next. Wow. Wow. And this is just two big samples that you work on in every season. It's really astounding. And all I can say is your efforts 
I know are appreciated by the families and for people like myself and see what you're doing. It's just awesome. And I don't know how you find the peak energy going, staying healthy, well, future sleep. <laughs> Or I don't know how much sleep you're going to get tonight. We can talk about that, <laughs> but you're doing a great job. Thank you very much for everything. Let's get into some of the programs uh, you're leading for the holidays. Uh, of course, first off, you're again doing the Adopt a Family for Christmas campaign. You have some pretty big ambitions for this campaign this year. Do you want to share or could you please share with our community, some of your goals and ambitions for the program this year? Yeah. So last year, we, I had a little nonprofit called Kids Empower Got the Move. And for 20 years, I did empowerment programs in schools for children in poverty. It was a very, you know, small piece of what I did overall. But when the pandemic started and I was really doing so much work in Pontiac, I was trying to figure out how can I support these children more? And so we created Adopt a Family program. Last year, we did over 175 families. This year, I have already over 300, and we have some seniors as well. So we are looking for people who would like to bring Christmas, bring joy, bring love to people who um, really need it, really are hurting, are struggling. And so many, we, I get so much feedback from the volunteers that they love it. Like my family love doing this. And so we had a lot of the same volunteers last year. And we also did Easter baskets. So we have um, volunteers from that program as well. Great. I would say that it is a great program. It is a family affair. My wife, Jean and I uh, love doing it and we're happy to do it again this year. We'll do our part and hopefully uh, we can encourage others to join on. Again, I will provide the link you provided in your email uh, blast this week and provide that on the show notes as well. So hopefully we can get more people signed up for that. I also wanted to get into a new program that you mentioned that I was not aware of, but it's much needed as well. You're joining up with the Oakland County Sheriff's Department to collect and provide coats for more than 150 families, primarily in Pontiac. Can you talk about that a little bit, please? Sure. So last year we did partner with Pontiac Schools and we gave out about, I think, four or 500 coats. And we were going to do that again. But then I saw Oakland County Sheriff's Department collecting coats and was gonna, had, a, had a very nice distribution process. So I asked if we could join their efforts. And most of our families on their Christmas wish list cut winter coats, which is sad. So, so we are trying to, we're going to be promoting their program. And then we're going to go on December 6th. We get to pick up coats for our families and we'll deliver them. And so you indicated on the email that you're looking for some help in coordination as well as delivery and pickup. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I'm hoping to send a few volunteers to actually help the group bag all the coats and cut them into sizes. And then we need a few people to actually go pick out the coats for our. And I would love someone to, to chair the program so that they can do a great job of it since I get pulled a little bit in too many different directions. Just to request anyone that hears this call that would like to help Kimber out with this effort, I can think of a few people that would fit. So please give Kimber a call or email her and let's get that program going uh, for sure. And if 
that wasn't enough. Again, I don't know how you find time to sleep, but you're also embarking on a crowdfunding effort on December the 6th and the 10th. That is intriguing to me that you shared earlier. Can you please explain that program to our listeners, please? Yep. I, I'm pretty excited about it. This would be the first time that I've done something like this. I actually did help another organization win. Um, I used to be involved in an organization called Ken Relief, and I helped them win um, the contest. So I'm very excited. Basically, it's a competition. Pontiac Community Foundation um, has organized it, and it's to help smaller nonprofits who are working in their community get funding. Because again, um, a lot of smaller organizations can't apply for any of the funding that's out there because they don't have the kind of budget or they don't have the kind of financial statements. And these smaller organizations are the ones that sort of are the feet on the ground. And so I think it's really important that we support. I'm a fan of in doing this work. I also am seeing what the smaller organizations are doing. And I really feel it's important that these smaller organizations get supported. And so I'm hoping people will feel the same way about our work. Um, and they'll jump on December 16th and make a donation so that our little nonprofit can, can win the, the pot. <laughs> and you said it is a competition. A few night donations to kick it off would be great, right? Yes. Um, if we could have five or six, seven people make a substantial donation, when it oh, that will definitely help us win because there's definitely in the psychology about this. People see if somebody's winning, they're more likely to contribute um, because, you know, they have a good chance of winning. Um, so there's definitely the psychology about this whole process. Right, yeah, I think it would be we could, uh, you know, many of the uh, Third Act community to join in on that. Gene uh, and I are going to participate and we'd like to help you win that uh, competition for sure. So everyone, uh, please uh, do your part and let's help Kimber out with that. I also wanted to spend some time because I saw it in your note. I looked up the article and it really had some uh, good community feel to it. Can you talk about the uh, great story you shared in your email this week about Sandy Marshall? I think that is what all this community involvement is all about and just share that story for our listeners please yeah so it's pretty cool sandy jumped in from the very beginning to help us deliver food and then so we're talking right at the beginning of the pandemic march 21st we actually had a food delivery planned before we knew the pandemic was coming right. <laughs> talk about coincidence yeah. Um, so Sandy jumped in and she delivered food with us for a few, uh, couple months. And then she decided to take on six families that she would really focus on getting them different kinds of groceries or fruits and vegetables. I mean, one of the frustrations is that, you know, with a lot of the food pantries is there's a lot of canned food and and so she really wanted to provide uh, more healthy alternatives and things that would make meals. So she took that on. And then she keeps jumping in when she sees that I am in the last minute begging people for help. So last Easter, she jumped in to, um, to um, create, I don't know, something like 50 Easter baskets that I still needed done. 
and she delivered them. Again, we partnered with the Sheriff's Department of Oakland County. And so she delivered them to that location so then the officers could deliver the baskets to the families. And when she was there, she saw a room that was where they were putting all the baskets. And it was meant for children to like uh, for child custody visitation arrangements and things like that. And she works for an architect firm. So she's, oh my gosh, like, I think we can make, really make this room special. And so she took it back to her company and they have spent months on building and creating a beautiful space for the children. So that's part of why it's so important to get people um, right into that, into a relationship, into a connection with people in poverty. Because I cannot tell you, Roger, how many beautiful things have happened out of these connections. Let me just tell you one that's going to happen this year. One of our volunteers, Jenna, she, there was a mom that got, a, that had to leave her home. It was, she got a subsidized housing with two of her children. But the fire, the smoke alarm kept going off. So the police showed up and what they found was the refrigerator wasn't working, the stove wasn't working, and she had to leave that night and basically go into a hotel. She found a place to live and our volunteers delivered all the furniture. Well, Jenna was one of those volunteers and Jenna ended up, every week she takes her groceries. This mom doesn't have a car. And Jenna has developed a relationship with her. And the mom what's told her, I really want to get my high school diploma. Whoa. This is going to make me cry. This mom is starting for GED classes. Okay. And Jenna is going to take her the first time to make sure she gets settled. And we're paying a babysitter for her so that she has childcare. And, and this is the kind of hands-on uh, help that people need. They need people to help them find, you know, the resources, get connected and give them a ride. It, it's, it's not just like pushing paperwork. It's actually walking side by side with them. I agree. That's why what you're doing is so important in stories like Sandy's and Jenna's and so many others that you and I know that are helping people. It's, it's, what, it's what it's all about, I think, as far as giving back and trying to help people. I think what you're doing is so powerful to, and it shows the desire for more people in the community to get involved if they have the sort of introduction to it. And you do that so beautifully through your Facebook, through your other endeavors that you bring people in. It's, it's really an awesome thing. So, uh, again, I applaud you for what you're doing. It's fantastic. I also want to spend some time because I know that the holidays are important and we're a way of uh, stirring up a lot of people, but you have a program that is dear to me, the book buddy program that you're have some fine tuning that you're planning for the first quarter of 2022. And just spend a minute on that, please. Yeah. So one of the things we launched last spring, it, it just really kept eating away at me that I knew the children in Pontiac were our, most of them are already a year behind in reading. And then, at the, at, well, let me just rephrase that. A lot of the families we work with are Hispanic, so English is their second language. So many of these children were already a year behind in reading. And then with the pandemic, um, there was so much disruption in the school process. Many of the families struggled with um, getting online services. 
And so we started this reading program where children, we deliver the books to the children and they read by Facebook or Zoom or telephone to a volunteer, to two volunteers. And I'm excited because um, I am going to offer starting January we're going to, there's a, a local author named Maria Desmondi. We're going to buy 50 of her books and deliver them to the children. And then on Martin Luther King weekend, they can join by Zoom to hear her do a reading. And we're going to give away some prizes. And then all the children that actually show up and participate are going to get delivered a fleece blanket and some goodies. And somebody might think a fleece blanket, let me tell you, pillows, blankets, pajamas are things that these kids don't really get. This is a treat for them. And then I um, am going to be reaching out to two of our volunteers have children who have produced books and they are both African-American. And I thought how cool it is for these children to be able to see another kid like them. Yeah, as an author, and we're going to do the same thing. I think that's great. I will uh, definitely want to keep up with you on that program. I think that's super. As we uh, pull up here, I wanted to give you some time to talk about your professional life, too. It's not like you have a, a minute to spare, but you do have a day job, and I know you rely a lot of time into your coaching and counseling for uh, children. Yeah, you spend some time on that, and... Uh, help our listeners find out about that and how they can connect with that sort of program as well. Thank you. Sure. Um, so I've been doing this over 20 years. I have a business called Kids Empowered. So the nonprofit is Kids Empowered on the move. And what Kids Empowered does is we offer programs in social emotional learning. So we teach about self-esteem, confidence, body image, social skills, and sadly, my specialty is teaching kids how to stand up to unfriendly friends and class. So over 20 years, we have done tons, like 501 week summer day camps. Um, we do all kinds of workshops. Like tonight, we have a boys Lego night out. Saturday, I'll be teaching a slime yoga workshop. And then I will also be meeting some kids. Where we use that slime yoga. <laughs> Yeah, we, we use slime as, uh, to represent sticky situations. So if anybody yells at you or calls you a name or you're in a fight with your siblings or your parents says you have to go to bed and you don't want to go to bed, we're teaching children to recognize when they're in a sticky situation and then teaching them how they can respond instead of making a poor choice. Um, because a lot of kids and a lot of adults... <laughs> When you're upset, saying man, they might say mean words or have tantrums. So we're teaching kids how to manage those frustrations, how to manage those feelings. And most importantly, if somebody is mean to them, we're teaching them exact words, exact body language, exact body tone of voice right. on what they can say to shut down a situation or to work through a problem. Wow. I would just came to me, but what have you found as we come through the pandemic period over the last 18 months? Are kids in deeper sort of trauma or difficulties or is it just one continuation that you found over your 15, 20 years of doing this? 
Yeah, kids are definitely stressed out and they're more anxious, more sad, more frustrated. If you look at how some of the adults are handling situations, that definitely is having an impact on children. Many of the parents have said to me, I feel like my child has forgotten how to have a conversation. They've been so isolated. But yes, I'm getting calls from schools that I normally would get in February. So meanness is definitely in people's patience and giving people second chances. People are just short with each other. I'm friendly with each other. I I can't express enough. All of our children need someone else to talk to besides parents. And a lot of what I do is similar to what I'm doing for, you know, the folks in poverty is I'm coming up with a plan for parents on what their child needs. So do we need to work on social skills? Do we need to work on self-esteem? Do we need to talk to the school? Do we need, um, you know, more sleep? You know, so it's coming up with a plan. And then some of that plan I actually can teach because I teach the actual skills of some of these things. Right. If parents have issues with their, or think they could use your help, uh, they just contact you and you get them in the right workshop or the right area that maybe can help. Yeah, and, and I do coaching for kids actually out of state. Zoom and phone, I have several clients across the United States. So, that, so again, that's one benefit is that more and more parents can access what we do. I also have curriculum for sale and I'm working on launching an online course. My goal is to do less programs and have peers just be able to use my curriculum themselves through an online course. That'd be great. Fantastic. So power to you on that. Good luck. And hopefully as the country becomes more open, you can go back to your conferences and seminars and get more people involved. That would be great. As we close up, first I want to say thank you for coming on. You've been terrific. And it's uh, always good for all of our listeners to hear what you're working on. Just express Tell, you, tell the listeners what your day tonight. I think it's uh, interesting. I it's a good way to uh, end the podcast. Please. Yes. Okay. So first, I'm actually kicking off a boys Lego night out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we have a program for uh, boys tonight. Uh, usually Legos to teach some social skills. I'm just going to go there and get it set up. And then at nine o'clock tonight, we have a candlelight vigil for homelessness and a sleep bout. So it's a fundraiser and awareness opportunity. Representative Carter, uh, Representative Jim Allison will be coming along with Oakland County Robert Wittenberg. And they're going to be sharing with everyone what the state and local level, what things are being worked on to help with this issue. Um, so I'm hoping it's not going to be too cold. <laughs> I'll see you guys excited. Thanks to you for coming on. I love what you're God bless you for all your good works. Thanks for that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Third Act Podcast. To find out more about who we are spotlighting, how to get involved, or find show notes on today's episode, go to wearethirdact.com. Learn to focus and really let it go. And most of all, I want to shine a light on good and look to give back. And that's what I'll do. With my third